0: Or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network.
1: We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need. Right now. It's giving Kenny a breath here, and while he's giving Kenny a breath, let's figure out who that Trek captain was. Okay, I, I don't know who it is. It looks, Come on, kind of looked like a hands right to the eyes, okay. Aubrey. Right okay. to the and eyes, and Aubrey's right in there. Who's your favorite Trek captain? Okay, well, my my favorite, Cisco. Go. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, deep Space Nine is my favorite. He was a okay. commander, okay. and then he was only okay. a captain when they got the Defiant. Kenny. Sammy's on chase yeah. here. Yeah. Kenny is in trouble here.
0: It's a brand new episode of the Elita, Sid McGeekley's AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Oh man, things have changed in a week, though. Yes, uh, they have. This week's show was not last week's show. And hmm. first, we should talk about Dark. They filmed a lot of stuff for Dark. And, <laughs> and it was... I'm checking my notes here. Not good. Really? I think nothing got... I don't think I gave anything above a two. And they had six matches. Man. Uh, They had Jake Hager squashing Joe Alonzo. They had Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall beating John Cruz and Matt Sells. Uh, they had Robert Anthony and Sean Spears losing to SCU and, uh, what else do we get here? Um, Kip Sabian defeating Shug D <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, Colt Cabana defeating Brandon Cutler and, uh, Joey Janella and Sonny Kiss beating Mike Reed and Corey Hollis.
1: I feel like Colt Cabana and Brandon Cutler could have had potential to be a good match. Like, it'd be a good comedy match, maybe.
0: Like, they tried? Uh, Colt Cabana was kind of playing like this weird asshole. Even though he's supposed to be like a baby face. like, he kept playing to the crowd that wasn't there. Uh, like, very overtly playing to the crowd that wasn't there. And, uh, yeah. It just, for some reason, it didn't work out very. <laughs> Well, um, but yeah, that, uh, that led us into, uh, this week's episode of dynamite and things had, yeah, things had changed, uh, since, uh, last week there were tighter restrictions and there were no, uh, there were no wrestlers at ringside. And I think if memory serves, I think were there more singles matches? I think there were. I think everything may have been a singles match on this show, actually. No, yeah, there was really no tags. It. No tags. Everything were singles matches to reduce the amount of people. Uh, yeah, there were. There was no. Uh, yeah, there were no wrestlers at ringside to cheer things on, so there was much less noise. And when the show starts, we find out that our commentary team is Tony Schiavone. Cody and Kenny Omega. Jim Ross and Excalibur and Taz, none of them were there. Uh Jim Ross, I understand for I, I can understand for uh um you know, they're they're concerned about his age and if he gets sick. Excalibur's flying in from California, which has got like a total ban on any cool. sort of travel outside of the state, so he couldn't go anywhere. Uh yeah, it was it was bonkers. And uh, they run down the card for tonight. And the first match is Cody and Jimmy Havoc, where Cody is like, I think I'm just going to leave and then go through the tunnel anyway, even though he's already (laughs) out there. So he did. Uh, A lot of basic back and forth early on between him and Jimmy Havoc. Cody cutter, and then he goes for the figure four, but Jimmy breaks it with an eye poke. Cody hits a Suicida on the outside. They're brawling on the floor. Havoc cuts him off, whips him into the guardrail. Uh, Cody creates some space after backdropping Jimmy on the ramp, goes for another Cody cutter, but gets caught in an arm bar by Jimmy Havoc. Cody eventually gets to the ropes, hits the acid rainmaker, but Tony Schiavone doesn't know what that is and he doesn't call it. So and it only gets a two. Cody hits him with a reverse superplex off the top rope, hits him with crossroads and then hits him with a second crossroads, just drilling them both times uh, for the win. What did you think of the opener, Nick?
1: Uh, it's, it's a lot different this week with really no noise other than the small video they'd occasionally play of, um, what was it? The guns, Sean Spears.
0: Yeah. They'd show like a little backstage area where there would be like a few wrestlers congregated in a room and they would be cheering. And I think at some point they decided to try to like minimally like pipe in some of that audio, but it wasn't until later in the show.
1: Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. Like it was very weird. like 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 they kind of figured it out as the show was going on. Yeah, which th- if you think about how the show ends, it's kind of weird that uh, they did that and chose not to do it for most of the matches because it does kind of help. But yeah, it did. It did a little bit. They tried. I, I'll give they them did. credit
0: for trying. But whew, yeah, this was I, awkward. The whole
1: show was weird. But yeah. It was very weird. They had a good match. I felt like they had a good match, but for the first time ever, this really like it affected me. There was like barely any noise other than the commentary, which mm-hmm. I I think Cody and you know he, we don't get into it here yet. I think he's uh, excellent on commentary. Yeah, Kenny uh, Omega has it, a
0: Kenny Omega has a great voice, but it, it was soothing here. Like yes. it was too calm. Tony Schiavone, bless him, he was trying very hard, especially by the end of the night. He was like trying to dial into 1997 WCW Monday Nitro Tony Schiavone. <laughs> he was trying to dial into it, and bless him, because like the energy needed to be there. But
1: yeah, um, but I just came in at a three on this one.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought they they tried their best, but it was the energy was noticeably lower. Uh, Mm. for this show and it hurt. Uh, I went two and a half average and, uh, grapple 2.62. So they thought a little bit higher. Uh, they thought of it a little bit higher than I did. Um, but not much higher. Uh, Mm. then after the win, Jake Roberts appears in a video on the screen says AEW's mantra was giving the people what they wanted, but he disagrees with that. He said that he's a genius. He's one of the greatest minds in all of wrestling, but they never called him. They knew Archer in Japan, but they never called him. They were scared of him. He's begging Cody to just sign on for one match with Lance Archer. And when we come back from the commercial break, Cody is on the commentary again and says that he doesn't want to come off like a whiny baby face, but he says that Archer doesn't have any body of work in the United States. Wow. that what about that Lance Hoyt run and TNA and
1: whatever his name was, was and his.
0: WWE? He had a small WWE run, too, I think.
1: That sick tram stamp. It was really cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, he has no body of work here, and he doesn't get to start with Cody. He's got to work his way up. But he can have a match next week. He can debut next week. Uh, what did you think of the, the Jake video and all of that stuff?
1: I actually thought this was really cool. Oh, um, I the, thought so. The vision- I mean, you got Jake Roberts, who's a great talker over the visual fire and it ends kind of with like fire in his eyes and yeah, just very, uh, very cool looking. He looks like a threat. He's building up, aren't you?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so up next they have this, I thought this might have even been my favorite thing on the, on the whole show. They had this really? great Darby Allen video, uh, hyping up the match with Kip Sabian uh it seems like a very random match but Darby tried to give it uh he tried to give it some importance by saying that Kip Sabian is in Darby's eyes like a stand-in um for the inner circle and the video I thought the video was just like the best like everything he said was awesome uh and Darby Allen is the best uh then we get Kip Sabian uh, Kip Sabian and Darby Allen uh Cody in this match is asking Tony Schiavone, he's like, hey, hey do you get Sting vibes from Darby Allin? And Tony <laughs> Schiavone was speechless because he clearly did not. Uh, Cody tried to clarify his point saying like, oh, well, you know, like the the face paint and like all of the kids in the audience dress up like you know, try to do the face paint like the little stingers. And I'm like, well yeah. I guess in that regard, yes. But in every other way, he's nothing like Sting. Uh, most people tried to point out that they thought he was Online, anyway, they thought he was more like like a Jeff Hardy type. Um, I think he's more like a Jeff Hardy plus Sabu uh, is what I sort of think of Darby Allen, just like a, a lunatic. Uh, I Quite frankly, I think we get our Sting reference later in the show, but we'll talk about it. Uh, Darby yeah. easily outwrestling Kip early. Penelope pulls Kip up and out of the way on the floor as Darby crashes. Then they throw to a break early. <laughs> they throw to the they throw to a break and then they don't go to a break. And then they start talking about how Cody picked out the railing covers for the guardrails. Uh we got a little bit of what everybody on fight TV gets. Did you get that too, Nick? No, I didn't see that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, we're gonna go to a break. And then there's silence, and they're like, all right, thanks for everybody for watching on fight uh TV. And yeah, he starts talking, he gets thrown into the guardrails and Cody's like, guess who picked out the covers for those guardrails? And he's like, this guy. And Tony's like, oh, I thought Brandy would have picked out the, and she's like, no, 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 uh, that was all me. Like, you're just talking about this. And then they just go to break real. They go to break for real. Uh, (laughs) They they come (laughs) back with a huge, they come back with a huge wide shot of the empty, uh, of the uh, empty amphitheater please don't do this guys. Like I don't need to be reminded of the giant empty arena. Um, it was, I was reminded enough as is with the, the lack of sound in these matches. Uh, Darby starts his comeback, but it was pretty short lived. Uh, Darby then hits a low pay suicida, uh, basically to pin drop silence. It was crazy. Like he did his just lunatic dive. There was no noise. Like the announcers weren't even like, whoa, like, There was just silence. It was eerie. Uh, Darby catches Kip with, I guess, what he's calling the Last Supper, but it's essentially a leg trap cradle and he gets the win out of nowhere. They worked hard, but it continues to be awkward this show. What did you think of Kip and Darby?
1: I thought their match was uh, really solid, really good. Um, I agree with you, though. It's, It's weird seeing some of these big moves and no crowd, no reaction, and we're not really hearing the people in the back this or that much during this match either. I don't think. <laughs> no. Um, I Cody did uh, throw in a sweet reference. I forget what move it was, but he mentioned a Hermione Granger time turner.
0: Oh yeah, it was one um, of uh, it was one of uh, Kip Sabian's moves. A lot of his moves are named after Harry Potter things, like his finishers, the Deathly Hollows.
1: Uh, yes, I have heard that before. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, so a lot of them are Harry Potter themed. Which actually, all that reminds me of is uh, Seth Rollins when he was in FCW. He had really? his finisher was uh his finisher was a super kick to a, a kneeling opponent, which he called the Avada Kedavra, which oh. is the killing curse. Which is, by the way, oh an awesome God. name for a finisher. But uh, he didn't stick with it. I don't know why, but I, I thought it was awesome. That's, that's amazing.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I never knew that before. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, h- finish up your thoughts on Kip and Darby and what would you give it?
1: Um, so I would give this one three and a quarter star. Um, cool. I think that, yeah, I um, I think that if Darby putting in all the work for his uh, video and the entrance made a little bit more important. I think they did great work in the ring. If there was a crowd, I think this matchup would have that score, and maybe that's how I was trying to rate it. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, maybe maybe with everything going on right now, I should start, like, considering, like, uh, video packages <laughs> and things like that leading into mm-hmm. matches as part of the presentation of the match. Because I, I mean, I agree with you. I thought they worked really hard, which is why I gave them two and three quarters. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it's still tough for me. This is this is super tough. Like I'm almost wishing they would just stop airing live shows so we could just go watch like older shows and just re re review them. Uh, mm-hmm. But as long as they keep doing brand new content each week, we'll keep watching them. Grapple, by the way, liked it a little bit more than I did. Two point eight eight. Okay. Up next, we got a video. Nick, I just wrote here, video airs trying to convince me that Jake Hager is interesting and exciting.
1: (laughs) That's how I felt about it, too.
0: Jake Hager versus Chico Adams. The
1: hell is Chico
0: Adams? I've never heard of this man before, but he gets squashed rock bottom in an arm choke to get the win. I gave it a one because Hager executed his moves properly.
1: I gave it a one as well. But at least, well, no, I'm kind of bummed about what happens after the match. You can go ahead and talk about it, but I like his music. Our... I like Jake oh, Hager's his music, music is cool. I mean, I love it that it's like, seem like a bigger deal.
0: I love that they paid some hip hop guy to say "Paymaker Posse," Jake Hager. I got, I got hurt. <laughs> I got, a, I got a hurt. It's uh, <laughs> amazing. .88 from Grapple. They were not pleased. Uh, After the match, John Moxley runs in, hits the paradigm shift, but apparently this was not enough to stagger Hager as he grabs Mox's ankle, tries to put him in the ankle lock. Mox escapes, and Hager runs off. So we are still getting Moxley and Hager, although hopefully we'll get it uh, in this isolation era, Nick, because that's the venue that this match deserves, quite frankly
1: sure yes um if this leads to mjf getting the double or nothing title shot if they have that pay-per-view mm-hmm. and like us having blood and guts on that show as well i think i'd be okay with that well
0: perhaps they'll do uh double or nothing but they'll just end up doing it on tnt and it'll be a uh, double or nothing is is too big for one night and they'll do two two weeks of double or nothing <laughs> like what they're doing with wrestlemania it's we're not canceling the show it's just it's it's just too big to hold in one night, Nick, and we had to move it from Las Vegas because it's just too small to to hold this giant event. Um, John Moxley is backstage uh, and is telling Jake Hager to watch his blind spot. Says he walked away from him here, but when he puts that championship on the line, he knows he's not going to walk away. He's going to be carted out. Don't mess with John Moxley. He's He means the business. Uh, up next, we get a Brody Lee video piece covering essentially the events of last week. And then we get a, the Dark Order family dinner. And I don't know if the entire character of Brody Lee is the exalted one, is mocking Vince McMahon, or if it's just this segment. But this segment was specifically mocking Vince McMahon. With the exception of the fact that he did not put uh, ketchup on his steak, nor did he eat it in a wrap, which is apparently how Vince likes it. But uh, he was very upset that somebody tried to eat while he was eating. And when Alex Reynolds sneezed, he got really mad at him for sneezing. Which yeah, he Which is absolutely hilarious. And uh, look... Uh, I know people. I know there's some people on the internet that that don't like it when AEW takes shots at WWE. But uh, I am of the mindset that Vince McMahon should be openly mocked at every occasion for getting up uh, for getting upset that somebody sneezes. Because what the fuck? Like that? That's weird. Like who cares? He sneezed.
1: Ah, <laughs> he's weak, pal. Did Only you notice that? Uh, uh, like Vince Cody got in a. Uh... Daddy Eats First uh, reference in there.
0: Yes!
1: (laughs) He's like, ah, this is some sort of Daddy Eats
0: First thing, huh? We then get QT Marshall versus Brody Lee. Brody smashes him, hits the Boss Man Slam, the discus lariat for the win. Essentially another squash. Uh, I went one and a half because uh, this was a slightly longer match than the Hager match, and they still didn't screw up anything. Like, QT got a couple of shots in, but it was nothing. I gave it a two. I, oh, generous!
1: Yeah, I mean it's Brody's first match, and yeah. he did everything right, and he looked like a force to be dealt with. So I, I think a two is appropriate.
0: Oh well, Grapple said, "Screw you to both of us, man." They gave this a one point four three. Well, oh. less less than me even. So yeah, that's saying something. Uh, we, oh. this is where the show started just getting weird. Like the show already weird. It feels strange, but this is where things just get really weird. So we get an update on Nick, Nick Jackson, but the, uh, the update comes courtesy of Vanguard one, which was mm-hmm. essentially perving on Nick working out. And then when Nick <laughs> noticed him, it was like, Oh shit. And then left. Like, I thought, I thought Nick would be like, I'm I'm feeling good, like, as soon as I'm ready to travel, like, I'm coming for the inner circle. No, it was like Vanguard One just, like, perved on him, working out in his garage. And as soon as Nick spotted him, he's like, oh, shit, I, uh, and took off. Nick was even like, what's going on? So that was strange. And nobody in commentary made mention of how strange that was. Uh, uh Tony Giovanni did make a joke about... Vanguard 1 practicing social distancing, uh, but how that didn't matter because it was a drone. Uh, so uh, then we get Kenny Omega versus Sammy Guevara for the AAA Mega Championship. And Sammy Guevara comes out with uh, these cards of like cartoon caricatures. Yeah. Uh, there's like one of Jericho, I think, and one of brandy and then there's one of i guess a captain from star trek right yeah. why i don't know presumably to set up all of this because before before this match even gets going cody is just dropping the names of various star trek captains on tv because who gives a fuck anymore i wrote He's like uh who's like who is that? he's like, you know I'm a Trekkie he's like that's not Cisco uh it's definitely not Janeway that's not Picard that's not Kirk like who is this uh I'm like why what? what is happening right now uh
1: aew unrestricted come to real life
0: <laughs> like look as a Star Trek fan, I was just having a blast with that but uh it gets better later as this match goes on back and forth when Sammy goes after the hand for Kenny to take advantage. Uh, that's when things really start working out for Sammy Guevara. Uh, Tony tells Cody, (laughs) I don't know how they end up going back to this. Cody's just like, I'm still trying to figure out who that picture is. And he's like, Hey, Hey, Tony, who's your favorite Star Trek captain? Tony Schiavone tells him that it's Cisco and Cody is appalled as Cisco only became a captain partway through the run of the show. And Tony's like, well, ds 9s my favorite show. (laughs) <laughs> like this is what's going on during this match. Uh, right before the break, Stan- uh, right before the break, Sammy starts making out with the drawing of Brandy, and she has the greatest look of all time on her face. <laughs> this, this is just so weird. Uh, back from the break, Sammy is still working over Kenny. tries to hit on Brandy for real, and she slaps him. Kenny takes control, but Sammy cuts him off again. Goes for a standing moonsault, but misses. Kenny just lights him up with these hard chops. Sammy, uh, goes back after the hand and we go another, we go to another commercial break, uh, back from the second break. And Kenny starts a comeback. goes for the Snapdragon, but it's countered into a double stomp and a running shooting star for a two. Tony Schiavone was on a roll with move names until he did the running shooting star. And then he was at a loss. He did not know what that move was. Uh, <laughs> he's like forward roll and a double stomp and, and then a two. Like, he did not know what was happening with that running shooting star. Uh, Sammy hits this great spring-in cutter off the top rope, sends Kenny to the floor. It's, a, I think, like a Fosberry flop to the outside. He kind of used the ropes uh, to do it, but it looked great. Uh, it was at this moment that Christopher Daniels informs Cody that the picture is that of Chris Pine's Captain Kirk from the J.J. Abrams films, which Cody was nonplussed by as well uh sammy gravara misses the shooting star press off of the top rope v trigger tiger driver one winged angel for the win i thought this was the best match on the show nick what did you think of
1: uh our title match here oh easily the best match on the show this was this was excellent i was excited when they announced this earlier in the week because sammy's a hell of a worker and you know kenny's always going to put on the best match possible yeah um can you only imagine if it had a crowd? Ugh, that's the one thing. Um, yes. But yeah, everything they did in this match, I loved uh, Sammy's heel work, biting on the fingers whenever Kenny would try to go for a certain moves or even his finger guns and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that springboard cutter was so fucking sick. I thought it was. Yeah, funny. it was great. It was. It was excellent. Um, I really was impressed just by Cody breaking down what all the moves were doing to each other, like the people doing the moves to each other, what was going on there, like giving you the wrestler's perspective of, oh, why each move matters almost. Like I thought he was a really good play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to hear him again, even though it's obvious this is kind of like a my friend's backyard indie situation where the wrestlers are putting on the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> That was the vibe I got. Um, but I give this one three and three-quarter stars. Oh
0: wow! Okay, yeah, I couldn't go above a three (laughs) because of the no crowd, Um, but I gave it a I I, get that I gave it a three. Uh, They worked super hard. I mean, some of it too was just like the commentator. Like, look, I you know I pop for the Star Trek stuff, but on the other hand, it also takes a lot away from the match because they're just talking about they're just talking about Star Trek in the middle of this match. And, I mean, it got chuckles out of me, but at the same time, it was also like, you know, like they're not taking it all that seriously, I guess. Um, uh, So I guess I sort of ended up not taking the match all that seriously either. Um, But yeah, I I went with a three. I saw some people claiming that they thought this was a five-star match, which I could not disagree more, but I went with a three. Grapple, by the way, 3.6. Okay, hey, Grapple. <laughs> they woke up for that one. Uh, Agreed, Grapple. Good job. And now for the main event segment. This. If you thought this show was bizarre before, <laughs> this was all-time bizarre. Yes. So Chris Jericho comes out to confront Broken Matt. It is it is This week it is the cameraman who is singing Chris Jericho's song. Ridiculous. Uh, He says that he wants to let Matt Hardy. He's calling him out because he knows last week he made a mistake. He's known him for 25 years. He wants to offer him a spot in the inner circle. When Vanguard one flies in, Jericho then starts cutting a promo on the drone, calls him guard, Uh, (laughs) says that uh, he, he doesn't like him. Doesn't like his uh, political posts on on social media, calls him a piece of shit. Uh, but even though he doesn't like him, he respects him, and asks Vanguard to join the inner circle, to which Vanguard just flies away. <coughs> and then we see the crow, Matt Hardy, up in the up in the rafters like Sting. In fact, I wrote here. The croaking Matt Hardy. uh and then I'm like, okay, maybe he's gonna cut a promo from here. No. Matt Hardy just starts fucking teleporting Nick. oh from, yeah, from spot to spot and made even worse if you're focusing on Jericho because a couple of the a couple of the cuts are like the camera didn't stand still. So if you're focusing on Jericho in the foreground, you can see the camera switches positions a couple of times, just a little bit like the wind moved it or somebody bumped the camera or something. It didn't stand perfectly still. So it looked really bad. Uh, And uh, he teleported a bunch and then finally made it to the ring. And Chris Jericho is like, how did you do that? And Matt Hardy's response is I'm magic. Uh, Jericho (laughs) says that this is his place, so he should align with him. Matt says that the the Young Bucks revived him and that he owes him a debt. And he says that he's still the old Matt Hardy Jericho does. He's not the top guy. He's in his brother's shadow. And coming here, he's just going to be in Jericho's shadow. And then Matt Hardy, I'll see if I can remember some of this, because I just wrote... Holy cow, this is strange. It just keeps going. Like, at one point, he talks about how the fans sing Jericho's song, but they should sing the obsolete song, which he sings no less than three times. He says that he is Damascus and that he is 3,000 years old. Although I think Damascus is a place, not a person. Uh, But he is a 3,000-year-old entity named Damascus. He says that the... uh, the seats appear empty, but they are not. They are filled with uh other entities or whatever. Is that what he says? Does he say entities or something else? Other uh, entities. Yeah. Like Abraham Lincoln is in the crowd and uh like Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King is in the crowd. <laughs> like <laughs> he's like, I don't see any of that stuff. Uh Jericho's trying to play it straight. Uh You know, he's like, if you're 3,000 years old, then you're very wise. Like, you should join the inner circle. Uh, Eventually, this goes on for ages. It's so weird. Eventually, Jericho attacks Matt. uh, And then Matt lays him out. And then uh, Jericho says he has a magic trick. Abracadabra. Matt Hardy gets his ass kicked. And Sammy Guevara comes from uh, behind Matt Hardy and lays him out. And Cody and Kenny make the save with chairs. And then Matt Hardy through the power of moving his arms, makes Pyro go off, uh, and it scares Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And Tony Schiavone is freaking out over it. He's like, oh my god, look at this! Uh, as As Matt Hardy is just saying delete over and over again. Which, by the way, he said many times. Chris Jericho would say, are you in the inner circle, or are you in the elite? And Matt Hardy would just say, delete. And then they just went back and forth saying elite and delete many times. And at least a few times, I'm sure Matt Hardy accidentally said "elite" instead. But uh, yeah, Nick, what what did you make of this segment? And
1: this is some <laughs> some 1995 Dungeon of Doom shit, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of love it. I love camp. Mm-hmm. And if there was ever a time to bring in Broken Matt to do something silly like this, now is that time. Yes. You know. If you really want to I mean at this point you could just pretend this was all a dream in a couple of months when crowds are coming back out again and just pick yes. up from where you left off. Jericho Fucking did by the way mean.
0: note that uh there were nobody there were no people in the stands because he had banned fans. Yes. He did make he did re re uh reintroduce
1: that idea. So yeah. Uh, he banned the fans and uh now Matt Hardy can teleport to the ring poorly. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I really loved it. Some of the lines Jericho got in was great. Like, um, obviously calling Vanguard one, a son of a bitch yes. and that he could get with all those, uh, Instagram drone models. If he joins the industry.
0: Yeah. Yes. Something about like, he'd have like <laughs> awesome, something about his propellers. Like I don't remember, but, uh, he was actually very entertaining. It was silly, but it was, you know, it was entertaining. Um, the thing, this is always, like, the thing with me in Broken Mat. Like, there is, I'm really torn. Like, half of me thinks it's awesome, and half of me hates it. And every time there's, like, a long Broken Mat thing, like, I, to me, like, the Broken Mat stuff works best when they did the, like, the stuff at the Hardy Compound. Like, that stuff always, like, it worked for me better there, and it worked less for me when it's done live in the arena. Like, I think it's easier for me to, like, uh, decompartmentalize everything and just, like, that's off in its own little separate corner. Uh, But, yeah, I, uh, it's tough. Like, some of it I like. And some of it I didn't, and I kind of throughout this whole segment went from thinking it was hilarious to thinking it was awful to thinking it was funny again to thinking it was awful. I'm so torn because it's definitely not what I want my AEW to be, uh, and it's not like and it's not like they could have done this in an, in an arena full of people. They could not have done the Matt Hardy teleporting like that. <laughs> uh, so if you if you're gonna do it, this is the place to do it, I guess. I feel like it was hit or miss, but you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what to say about it.
1: Uh, Jericho's just like making fun of them the whole time too, saying that his yes. red dash in his hair is really sassy. Yes. And <laughs> calling him a wizard. You punch me down with one hit.
0: Yes. He, he's, he's, uh, liked his Gothic trench coat or whatever he was wearing. Yes. Uh, like Jer- Jericho did the best he could do with this. And Matt Hardy, of course, like he didn't break once. Like he lives in this character. Like you can't knock his performance. Like he's committed to the performance and he does an amazing job. But it was just bizarre. It was such a bizarre show with such a bizarre ending. And uh, Kenny, I believe, referred to Matt's abilities as, quote, psycho powers. Yes. So, he got that in, and uh yeah, just such a bizarre ending to the show. But yeah, and and I also like that he kept uh, Jericho kept calling the elite like those elite son of a bitches, and they're like we're like right here, we can hear you. <laughs> in the commentary, it's like we we can hear everything he's saying. Um, it was yeah, it was just strange. This this was definitely the strangest pro wrestling show. Like, the WWE Empty Arena shows, I'm, I'm kind of slowly making my way through NXT right now. And it's a little bit better than the Raws and SmackDowns I've seen, but they're pretty eerie. And uh, this show wasn't eerie. It was just weird. Super weird. weird. Way, way weirder than last week. Uh, and it seems like this is what it's going to look like going forward. Uh, according to, I think it was Wrestling Observer noted that they taped a lot of stuff. At this show, so not just dark, but more than that, so it's possible uh they may be filming ahead a few weeks. So uh I don't think anything was specifically announced for next week. Uh we just know that there's gonna be the the Archer debut, I believe. So (sighs) craziness, Nick. I guess we're just gonna keep pushing forward though. What other choice do we have? so what else is there to watch (laughs) yes so in the meantime head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show and of course you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher and spotify just search for the elitists hit subscribe and that way you can hear us come back next time talk about more aew dynamite on tnt featuring the debut of the murder hawk lance archer